You're listening to Community Radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 o'clock and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Today is Thursday, August 26th. As COVID-19 cases continue to surge, California lawmakers are considering legislation that would require people to show proof of vaccination against COVID-19 before being allowed into indoor public spaces. Tonight's California report has the details. We'll take a look at regional news and weather before listening to this week's Bravehearts. This week, Betty Louise catches up with Trina Bristol. We close tonight with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The latest numbers from the state show that 46 million COVID-19 vaccinations have been administered in California, and 22 million people are now fully vaccinated. Meanwhile, in Sacramento, a new proposal drafted by Democratic legislators could require people to show proof that they're fully vaccinated against COVID before entering indoor businesses in California. The Sacramento Bee obtained a copy of the draft, which hasn't been introduced in the legislature yet. As written, it would take effect immediately if signed by the governor and would direct the State Department of Public Health to develop a way to enforce the rule by November 1st. Proof of vaccination would be required at businesses like restaurants, bars, movie theaters, gyms, and hotels. If it stands a chance of becoming a law, the proposal will need to be introduced soon as the legislative session is set to end on September 10th. If it's not taken up before then, the proposal would be on hold until next year. And staying with the pandemic, could a health insurance surcharge be the answer for California companies struggling with the idea of mandatory vaccinations for employees? It's exactly what Delta Airline plans to do. The company has announced that employees will face $200 monthly increases on their health insurance premiums starting in November if they're not vaccinated against COVID-19. Wade Simmons is with Mercer, a human resources and health benefits consulting firm. He tells the California report, this is nothing new as companies have implemented health coverage surcharges before. Some employers have been comfortable with doing the same thing for tobacco use, for example. You will pay a higher contribution towards your medical insurance premiums if you are a tobacco user and are not willing to go through a smoking cessation program or you know something like that. One, because we want to encourage healthy behavior as an employer And two, because as a tobacco user, you cost us more from a health insurance perspective. Simmons says the same principles would be in play for COVID-19. Employers want to get more workers vaccinated, but are also looking towards their bottom line when it comes to the amount companies spend on health care, as hospitalization for someone with COVID-19 can lead to huge medical bills. Simmons says he expects that this week's full approval of the Pfizer vaccine from the Food and Drug Administration will incentivize more companies to require vaccinations or look into other measures like the surcharges. He adds that companies looking to implement a surcharge need to make sure they're in compliance with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and HIPAA rules.
A new state audit has found that the California Department of Housing and Community Development didn't properly distribute more than $300 million in federal funds allocated to help the state's homeless during the pandemic. The problems in distributing the money means that local groups that help the homeless missed crucial deadlines to apply for the funding. According to the audit, one big problem is that it took more than a year for the state to hire an outside contractor to help it handle the federal funds. Governor Newsom's office disputes the audit's findings and says the state has successfully helped tens of thousands of the homeless during the pandemic. Support for the California report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash Adapting Care. At a candidate debate appearance last night in Sacramento, California voters got a chance to learn a bit more about the most prominent Democrat running for governor in the recall election, Kevin Paffrath. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr has more. Paffrath, who calls himself a JFK-style Democrat, is the only Democrat among the top six candidates running to replace Governor Gavin Newsom if voters recall him September 14th. Paffrath spent the debate pitching what he called bold plans, like working with the Biden administration to build a pipeline to the Mississippi River to increase California's water supply. It would take just 14 power plants to pump water here. We can buy cheaper, cleaner water. There's enough federal land between here and there, with the exception of Texas, where we're going to rent land. For the most part, the three Republicans on the stage ignored Paffrath's ideas. But more than 1.6 million people do follow Paffrath on YouTube, where he posts tips for real estate investing. He says to tackle California's housing shortage, the state should ideally build half a million homes a year, primarily outside large cities. And then we can have better infrastructure to connect these homes. We will also make these communities net negative by building them near and around solar and wind farms. But we must build more houses fast by streamlining the permitting process and enabling Californians to build. Easier said than done. Paffrath also called out former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner for a bad commercial real estate deal he made while in office. In response, Faulkner pointed out Paffrath doesn't have any experience in government. It's not the time for on-the-job training uh, for YouTube. Somebody that's never actually had to get legislation across, actually had to get the units constructed and built, and actually take the stance to get housing constructed in California. Still, Paffrath maintained he's the best choice to replace Newsom should he be recalled. He says a Republican governor wouldn't be able to get anything done given the Democratic-controlled legislature. Paffrath then asked his competitors to drop out and endorse him. None of them took him up on the offer. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Think about where you'll find lots of crime and probably big cities instead of the country comes to mind. But a new report out today says California's more rural Republican voting counties actually have higher violent crime rates than more urban Democratic areas. KQED's Alex Emsley has more. The report by the San Francisco-based Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice notes steadily rising crime in rural California over the past decade, with more crimes committed by and against white people driving the trend. 
That's despite significantly higher arrest and incarceration rates in Republican counties. Mike Mails is a senior researcher for the center, which advocates against over-incarceration. There's no evidence that getting tough and arresting and locking up more people is the answer to crime or produces better results, and a lot of suggestion that it may produce the opposite. The research does not include crime rates from this year. Mails says in general, though, trends toward higher crime in rural areas appear to be continuing. For The California Report, I'm Alex Hemsley. And that is The California Report for Thursday, August 26th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and we'll talk tomorrow. Nevada County Public Health reports 77 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today for a total of 729 active cases, 32 of which are currently hospitalized. Sadly, two fatalities were also reported today, which, along with yesterday's fatalities, makes four deaths this week. In a statement released yesterday, California Organics announced the passing of founder and CEO Chris Kaiser. The statement says that Mr. Kaiser passed away peacefully at Sutter Auburn Faith Hospital due to complications from COVID-19. Mr. Kaiser passed Monday, August 23rd. The Nevada County Fairgrounds announced this afternoon that Chief Executive Officer Patrick Eidman has resigned in order to pursue a job opportunity out of state. His resignation is effective September 10th of this year. Quote, this was a very difficult decision. I am enormously proud of our Fairgrounds team and all that we've accomplished during my time as CEO. From a record-setting fair in 2019, to adapting to the challenges brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, to repeatedly serving the community as an evacuation center during times of emergency, and most recently hosting a successful 2021 Nevada County Fair under enormously challenging circumstances, end quote. The fairground board of directors will commence a search for Eidman's successor. Ubinet.com reports that firefighters worked throughout the night to reinforce containment lines around yesterday's Bennett fire. According to Cal Fire, that fire burned 59 acres and is currently 70% contained. Sticking with wildfire, Cal Fire reports that the Washington fire, burning near Jamestown, is currently 50 acres and 0% contained. The Modesto B is reporting that as of 5 p.m., hotels and homes along Stockton Street are under evacuation orders. The city of Sonora is currently under a warning. And now for regional weather. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, widespread haze and patchy smoke after 11 p.m., then mostly clear with a low around 61. Tomorrow, expect widespread haze and areas of smoke after 11 a.m. Otherwise, sunny with a high near 93. The AQI for tomorrow is expected to be 145, unhealthy for sensitive groups. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight widespread haze before 5 a.m. and areas of smoke after 2 a.m. Tonight's low will be 40 degrees. Tomorrow, widespread haze between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. with areas of smoke. Then sunny with a high near 83. Tomorrow, the AQI for Truckee and Lake Tahoe is expected to be unhealthy at 162. And for the Central Valley, Woodland and Sacramento, tonight widespread haze and patchy smoke after 11, but mostly clear with a low around 62. Tomorrow, more of the same, but sunny and hot 
with a high near 98. The AQI for the Valley tomorrow will be 119, unhealthy for sensitive groups. Next, let's listen to Bravehearts. This week, Betty Louise catches up with Trina Bristol. Welcome to this edition of Bravehearts, where we hope to increase your awareness and understanding of what homelessness looks like and some of the many organizations working on solutions to improve the homeless crisis. We are your hosts, William Wallace and Betty Louise, and these are the Bravehearts. here for another episode of Brave Hearts and I have Trina Bristol with me. We're actually sitting outside of Briar Patch and hoping that it's going to stay nice and quiet <laughs> so we can hear what Trina has to say. We've caught her story several times in the past uh-huh. and so it is now, let's see, it's August 2021. So why don't you bring us up to date? Okay. Last when when you we were last talking and catching your story, mm-hmm. you were in a co-living situation. Right. So that was I think November of last year or December. That would have been I think yeah it was up until the early December. So what happened was they threw me out. They threw you out and they evicted me. They evicted you and what was the reason? Um, we, uh, nuisance? <laughs> a nuisance. <laughs> I know. I, sh- I showed that over to the neighbors who we went to visit. <laughs> they were like amused. So actually, I'd like to bring this up because it's my own reflections on the violence that ensued. Because so what happened was, they gave me a week's notice. So how did you feel when you were evicted? Were you... Were you well, like, there, oh, there it was, was okay the, with you? So you felt like you driving? had no, no other choice mm-hmm. in some ways than to just leave, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Did you ever consider like moving into another situation or did you just immediately know you were going to move into your car? I decided to move into the car because it was one, I, I decided, well, I definitely, that gives me more money to save towards a car. I want to get an electric forerunner, so I'm waiting until they come out. So, yeah. So I'm able. To, actually, I'm able to save a lot more that way. Okay, but also there are just so many uh, narcissistic, dysfunctional people out there. So I'd probably be best like living on my own, and I just really I don't have the money for that. Mm-hmm. And so you know, this is working out really well. And you've been in your car now. For since January? Yeah, since January. Okay, so and that's we're the going other on thing eight too. I don't have to worry about the you know, I go to the gym like five hours a day and so that's so that's they've got air conditioning there, there's air conditioning here. Yeah, so talk about the heat a little bit because mm-hmm. you were mentioning before we got on air mm-hmm. how, you know, in some ways it's worked out mm-hmm. really well for you because sure. the house you were living in didn't have air conditioning, but you know this one, yeah. I can just, you know, it's it's easier for me to stay cool. Do you find yourself outside a lot? And the reason I ask, it's again, August 2021, here in Grass Valley, Nevada City, where it is very hot, 
and very smoky at times. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious how you manage all of that. I have a really long workout, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the weights, I think, probably like an hour, hour and a half, and then um, like about four hours on the treadmill. And that helps. It helps for conditioning and stuff. I'm finding it it's really helping with, uh, you know, the healthy lifestyles, helping with aging symptoms. I mean, Huntington's, which we can refresh the listeners that mm -hmm. that is the condition that you have, which yeah. has kind of led you into some of this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Huntington's is a progressive disease, but you really are managing it. So what are all those ways you're managing it? There's... The thing is, you can have a progression on a disease, but you don't have to have all the symptoms. So I'm still in early stages instead of, you know, the other stuff. I keep my diet pretty healthy and work out a lot. But also I think the, um, mental challenges help too. You know, keeping, you know, the mind challenged. Uh-huh. Keeping your brain active. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is this segment has opened your heart and mind. Be well and be kind. This project was made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Please visit calhum.org. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet Between the pandemic and the wildfires in my part of the world, many of us are quite frazzled. This is a dignified response, as we say in life coaching circles. Any reasonable person would be frazzled trying to cope with the smoke and the masks against smoke worn outdoors, the masks against germs worn indoors, the dangers of grocery shopping during peak hours, the gloom of gray skies in very hot weather, having to be in the house all summer, and so forth. Plus conserving water, which is olfactorially alarming, especially in the bathroom, if you know what I mean. In order not to completely fall apart, I've discovered two things to watch on social media. As you may recall, I am fond of cats. Somewhere along the way, I got tagged and found myself following a live video feed of a cat named Louie, who lives with his person in the suburbs of Berlin next to a canal. He's a fluffy striped cat, what we would call a Maine Coon cat in the U.S., but the Germans may have a different name for them. The videos depict the human in her kayak pulling up to a little dock and Louis jumping in to sit regally in the prow as he is rowed along in one direction and then back again. There is thankfully no soundtrack just the slosh of the paddle, and once in a while a brief remark from the person, and very rarely a response from Louie. You can hear birds and wind in the trees. Sometimes another kayak goes past, which Louie's eyes follow like a hawk. That's it. Stultifyingly boring to some of you, I'm sure, but incredibly restful to me. Eight minutes of this, and I can handle whatever the day throws at me. If Louie Wildlife, all one word, is not on Facebook, I can turn to Great Lakes Jumper on Instagram to soothe my nerves. Dan O'Connor, a visual artist who was freaking out a bit early on in the pandemic, rode his bicycle down the street to Lake Michigan and jumped in. 
in order to clear his head, as he says. The next day he did it again, and has continued up to and including today, through snow, rain, and heat, just like that postal carrier slogan, and sometimes even gloom of night. His location is scenic, the Chicago skyline clearly visible in the background, and the lake sparkly blue, cleaned up a lot since I lived there in the 1980s. Dan's jumps have gone viral and been covered by even the New York Times. People travel great distances in order to join him. His cannonballs are pretty good, but otherwise he's inelegant, diving in with bent legs like a frog and often a huge belly flop which has got to hurt. Each jump is recorded, sometimes at normal speed but often sped up or in slow-mo, and even to musical accompaniment. He's a live music fan and began inviting local musicians to serenade him since they couldn't play regular gigs during COVID. I'm not sure what charms me so much about these video clips. Their randomness? Their underlying humor? A stout middle-aged man leaping into cold water and a cat stepping decorously into a kayak are about as irrelevant as you can get. And therefore, somehow, magnificent. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And that's our newscast for this evening, Thursday, August 26th, 2021. We get support from Harmony Books of Nevada City, locally owned for over 25 years, next to the Chamber of Commerce at 130 Main Street. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5.30, Sundays, 11 to 4. Harmony Books carries thousands of books, including local authors. And John Hensley and Recreation Realty offering essential real estate services since 1973, showing properties by appointment following safety protocols. Recreation Realty, two Nevada City locations, Broad Street and Highway 20, 265-6565, nevadacountyproperties.net. Stick around. The Climate Report with Martin Webb is next, followed by Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. Thanks for spending time with your community radio station. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Be safe.